What? You said go. Yeah, it's like it's what? like all magnets and stuff. Hold on, I was I was actually gonna reach for something and then like it all fell apart because um, I'm finally Still getting to spend magnets? a little quality time with the TCLs, the Ray Neo Nextwear S. So I, I grabbed for them off the side of my desk because I was gonna like, oh, let me just do like a fun little teaser like I'm wearing them. But then this is a magnetic breakaway cable, and then the visor is magnetic, oh, magnetic. and then it all just fell apart. It just all. <laughs> Like all over my floor. So, uh, hey everybody, welcome to a tech podcast. <laughs> Is it though? Like, I mean, can we can we legitimately say we have a tech? No, I'm just kidding. Yes, we do. Welcome, uh, welcome to the tech podcast. There, there was your drop test of the <laughs> Ray Neo TCL and Nextwear S. <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you're getting a chance to play with uh, with the, with the Nextwear S finally and check yeah. it out and. I, I like the new, uh, you know, the designs. They're they're nice. They're good. I mean, again, I, I, I'm just super positive on face displays. So uh, I'm looking forward to putting these through, uh, putting them through their paces. We you, we've both been spending some time with like the Rokids. I've been mm-hmm. a fan of the X Reels, and uh, it just kind of keeps confirming my assertion that if you've got a bunch of gadgets in your household, one of the absolute best accessories that you mm-hmm. can purchase is some kind of portable monitor oh absolutely if, it, absolutely if it's an actual like slate screen if it's a laptop dock if it's a battery powered monitor or some kind of hub or mm-hmm. one of these really cool hip uh exotic face displays these are phenomenal like just they expand to the, the use where do you have that thing connected to the what's wire. that where's the wire connected to Oh no! I just have the other arm. Oh, dude! Oh, dude! Yeah. Okay, for, for a second there, I'm like, is it magnetic? Oh, you didn't get the new version, TK? Mm-hmm. No, nope. I. They sent me the the OG man. <laughs> it was part of the Kickstarter. You know, remember the Kickstarter scooter? No, okay. But I, I just like I keep trying to drive this point home because you have these powerful gadgets. Maybe you've got game consoles or mm-hmm. phones or tablets or laptops, and the second you add a screen to any of these products. Just the usage, the functionality, the flexibility, everything just improves. Oh, um, yeah. And and now, again, one of the easiest ways to travel with a giant projector TV or one of these. So um, I'm going to be spending some time with the TCLs. I have an old video where I, I stole your Kickstarter uh, <laughs> TCLs. And uh, I might have to revisit, you know, uh, sort of a, a, a round robin of like... The current X Real, the current Rokid Max, and these new TCLs, and just kind of see like we keep kind of leapfrogging each other for individual features. So it should be some some pretty cool stuff. We have to. We, we and we got it. And the only reason why I was uh, I was I was just about to ask what are are there many differences between what we had before and what we have now? Is I mean, hardware wise, or is it primarily just uh, like a, a yearly refresh? Because I think mine was released late last year. And I think now oh, we're no, no, no. I don't, I don't think there's anything substantial. I mean, from from stealing yours and using it for a little while. More, mm-hmm. it's just that I think it's important to kind of keep reinforcing what the lay of the land looks like. Yeah, yeah. Because techies are incredibly unfamiliar with this stuff. And that means if techies are unfamiliar with this stuff, average consumers have this is not on their radar at all. And this is one of the most critical conversations, in my opinion, for things like augmented reality, 
is if we're going to bring kind of consumer-facing AR experiences to more accessible price points and also things that you can actually wear out and about mm-hmm. in, in, in more portable fashion as opposed to like an Oculus or this Vision Pro or whatever headset with goggle immersion, um, we just kind of need to keep up the conversation. I, I loved, I, I mentioned this on the podcast, not maybe not this week, but maybe last week, how Lenovo put out Legion. And yes. so they had their Legion handheld, and they paired it with their old glasses. They, they, they refreshed the glasses a little bit, but they're not, like, crazy redesigned or super, super fresh. So you have the Le- uh, Lenovo Legion glasses, and a whole bunch of tech journalists were like, well, these are portable face displays that I can get behind, and now we can take this product segment seriously. And you're like, you have... You're basically telling people you've not been paying attention to this space at all, but techies are so unfamiliar with this stuff that they don't know that you haven't been paying attention to this stuff at all. And so now I want to try and get my hands also on the Virtu. Because if Mm -hmm. we would have TCL, we would have X-Real, Rokid, Virtu, and Legion. So we've got five of these options where we're talking about micro OLEDs, birdbath optics, super, super sleek frames, Mm -hmm. reasonable power. I mean, how it draws power from the host device. Like, all of these are super, super portable solutions for projecting out a humongous image in front of you. And I keep trying to tell people, this stuff is really flipping cool, but it takes, like, oh, well, Lenovo made one. Hmm, maybe now I can take this seriously. Maybe now it's a product. I could try and use one of the... And you're like... For like almost three years now, <laughs> Lenovo is like actually a couple years behind, and what they're offering is not necessarily competitive against like like the Rokids and the X Reels or even the TCL. I, I seriously think the X, but it's, the, the N Reels or X Reel and Rokid are substantially more advanced than some of the other options. I'm not trying to put the the, the TCLs down. I'm just saying is in in the sense of the the design, the features, the latest edition from both offer very, very good and very compelling options with accessories to augment that experience. Like, you know, sure. you get the control box, you get, the, uh, I think, the um, uh, the X-Real Beam, and then you have, obviously, the Rokit mm-hmm. Station. So I like that they're trying to venture also outside of the uh, just the standard, you know, uh, I would yeah. say, uh, ecosystem. But one of the things I'm really excited about, I'll, I'll be very frank, I'm going to be on a trip coming up Saturday for a very long trip somewhere in the land of old. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's a way to say it better. I don't speak that way. But either way, uh, so I am super excited because I am not only loading up content on my device, yep. but I'm also keeping it in a sense where, you know, the the, the Steam Deck is running everything. Obviously, I'm going to make sure to load that up. I'm going to be loading up uh, the tablet, the uh, Tab S9 Plus that I got a chance to review from mm-hmm. AT&T. And... Honest to God, dude, the best feature is to plug in the headset. You plug yeah. in the glasses and you're there. There isn't much to do. You just plug and play. And it's for, for such me, a it's, pure it, I mean, on, on top of the pl- plug and play, we say like, yeah, yeah. oh, it's just so easy. I need people to imagine like, because every now and then you might get on a plane and you might see someone with an Oculus. And you're like, okay, 
Okay. They want it in a mercy. The day, I, the day that happens for expensive. me, dude, I, you know I will be basically like, dude, can I take a picture? And I'll be like sending it straight to my back. I'm not going to ask. I'll just try to blur around any uh, you know, like identifiable features. But I'll be like, look, there is a mannequin wearing an Oculus Rift on my flight. I mean, I, Oculus, Oculus Quest. Is, uh, Ocu- Ocu- yeah, Oculus Quest. Uh, or uh, Actually, speaking of which, we're supposed to uh, – the Quest 3 is supposed to come out sometime now. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, to, like, I'm still yeah. super positive. I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to look at crunching the numbers on maybe trying to rock an HTC by the end of the year. Oh, yeah, I the Vive, the, the, yeah, yeah. the Vive, Vive Elite XR, whatever the name. It's a terrible name. Um, but when we say these glasses are easy, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I want people to think: What does it take in your bag to pack a VR headset? The battery life on those things, when fully self-contained, unless you're running wires and cables and stuff, the battery life is going to be less than three hours. So you oh, might I, get mm-hmm. a movie. Um, yep. Like, for example, Gardens of the Galaxy 3 is like two and a half hours long. So yeah. you might get to watch all of that movie on a single battery charge. Or you've got to cable it up while you're blocking your vision all around you. Yeah, and yeah. then also just like plane lands and you're like okay now i've got to deal with this headset and get it back in a bag and pack all this stuff up and pull these cables and do all this stuff whereas like with the glasses worst case scenario is like i i just put this in a shirt pocket and i get off the plane and then i can take the time to get my backpack out and get the little case and put them in there Mm -hmm. and then i'm good i i I keep trying to say because we've i mean we've both gotten these comments like i've seen them on your channel too Mm-hmm. Like, oh, $400, you should just get an Oculus Quest. It is the better way to do the, the VR, and these glasses aren't even real VR. And you're like, there is no situation where I would take these glasses where I would prefer having a VR headset. None. Now, Especially when you're talking about the travel. VR. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like there is no situation where Mm -hmm. I would take these out, put these on, have this huge screen movie theater or large TV experience where Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there thinking, boy, this sure would have been better if I brought an Oculus Quest in a briefcase to block out the world around me. The flip side of that is I cannot play Beat Saber on these because they are not VR. You know, there had to be a shortcoming. It's like they're different. Yeah, there's a little, <laughs> there's that bit of a thing where you needed Beat Saber. But, you know, the, the good thing about it is at least you can watch some movies. I think that's the best part about it. it just yeah. the ability of having that large display in front of you where everybody else is enjoying that tiny little thing yeah. on the back of it. If you're lucky to be on a flight that has those, some of the flights yeah. don't have them anymore. They're like, dude, if you don't have a phone or a tablet, you're. You're sitting you're, there you're, reading a book. Or, SOL, you're, yeah. you're reading the yeah. You're reading the yeah. You're reading the in-flight the magazine, in-flight magazine. magazine for the Ah, that's so hours. funny. They're trying to get rid of those too. It's like yeah. I saw some something like I forget which airline it was, but they they changed the magazine paper out, and so it was like they <laughs> shaved. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Sorry. still a magazine, but they they okay. just printed it on much much cheaper material, and okay. it was something like we shaved half an ounce per publication. But that added up to something ridiculous, like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fuel across the entire fleet. You know they're really going to, like, how can we get rid of the cards? How can we get rid of the magazines? How can we shave even even more weight off of uh, these airplanes? It is it is crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so the thing about it is, for us, we, we have... 
we have a slightly different experience in general because we travel. We we typically do take the longer routes. We do go mm. on trips. We we plan things sometimes just to be able to even have that experience and test out certain tech. So yeah. for me, I, I'll say this: wearable displays are the best. A must. Correct. I, and I think well, no, no, they're a must. For anybody that travels, if you've never and, – and again, this is one of those things where we need to see these things in stores before we wait for – you know, not not the Quest, but before you know, Vision Pro, whatever the, the, yeah. the concept uh, – I'm not saying whatever, but obviously Vision Pro is not intended to be carried with on, on a plane, although I'm pretty sure we're going to no, see quite a few No, they showed that in the keynote. They were no, like, no, oh, I... it's going to be so great for travel so that you can get two hours of battery life. Because your peripheral vision needs 4K resolution. You have the peripheral with the extension anchor battery sitting on the back pocket, the wires, and the hostess coming over. And they're like, okay. Um, and food? so and you're going like, to make eye contact with like a creepy, uncanny valley uncanny. representation of your face animated behind well, well, these goggles. Well, skipping over. Yeah, exactly. There's just a lot of emotions that are going to be going on on these things. So but... from Ghost Scream is asking, do dongles work with glasses so that you can you can charge both the headset and the phone at the same time. So the cool thing about the glasses the is that do, they, they, they are dock. not, they are not, they don't have batteries. This is one of the reasons why they're so little and the why. Mm-hmm. So anytime you've, you've seen these mock-ups of like Apple AR mm-hmm. glasses, mm-hmm. they've all been lies because mm-hmm. they have these like sleek, thin, almost wireframe yeah. glasses exactly. and people have been, mocking up demos of apple glasses for i mean since 2012 since the very first google glass promo video and they've all been lies and i if you do this i did an experiment with this if if you do this um no no if you search for apple ar glasses even Mm -hmm. up until a month before the keynote where vision pro was was uh unveiled yeah. Uh you you can still find like for 4.99 Apple's going to sell you fully immersive augmented reality sleek frame glasses with lidar and spatial location tracking and, and hand gesture and tracking massage, and a whole and new UI and it's going to be holographic and it's amazing and all of those rumors are back in action again. There, it, like yet another series of articles came out. Like, what are pl- Apple's plans for well, AR after Vision so Pro? I, I think the the ultimate. I'll say this probably what, what I would probably the the reason behind that is we're always it's kind of a weird like a Jetson thing, mm-hmm. right? We grew up with with things being seamless, and the ultimate goal we know is to have something similar to like this that has certain you know the ability of having a display yeah. into it, batteries, but and all also that. TK and I and and our audience here, yeah. We're rational individuals who understand the difference between visual effects and science fiction films and what is actually practical in the world today. But I did want to point out to Ghost Starscream. So this is, uh, I believe this is the Rokid adapter. This is the Rokid adapter, exactly. So this is the Rokid adapter, and it will send send power to the Mm -hmm. phone while you put video out to the glasses. So this this will work for phones. It'll charge your phone while you're Mm -hmm. using the glasses. If you run slightly more complicated cabling, you can get a laptop hub and then you just need an HDMI adapter because you need to go HDMI to USB-C and then you can charge your laptop or charge your Steam Deck that way. But there you need a power brick, which is going to feed power to the laptop hub. You need an HDMI cable that then is going to be adapted to a USB-C and then you need the cable that's going to plug into... 
uh, the Steam Deck. So that's that's not to, and that's not in my opinion. That's not travel worthy. No, um, no. What I what I would do instead is if I'm on an airplane and I'm going to be flying longer than the Steam Deck battery can sustain. Uh, what I would do is I would plug in the glasses, run until the Steam Deck battery was getting low, mm-hmm. then unplug the glasses, and then just go on the Steam Deck screen while I charge the Steam Deck back up. Makes sense. And then I can unplug and go back to the glasses. The power draw from the glasses almost perfectly matches the Steam Deck's built-in screen. So you can actually game just a tiny fraction of a percentage longer mm-hmm. if you go glasses. So when I was doing my battery testing, it was I was consistently getting like one to two percent differences in runtime, which is really hard to track. Like your battery measurement measurements are never that precise. So I'm absolutely in margin of error territory, but it was almost always leaning towards the glasses. So you have 1080p OLEDs projected out in space or 720p LCD. And when you start getting used to gaming off of the glasses, the Steam Deck screen does not look as nice as it used to. Like, oh no, no, it, it's it's bigger, it's a lot nicer when a you bigger open display it all will up. always will always win. I'm, I'm not well, not, I'm not just arguing not that. just bigger, but if you put on the visor, you you black out the glasses. It is a higher contrast. It is more colorful. It's 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 bigger and more detailed because it's bigger at a higher resolution. I mean, it's just everything about it is a lot nicer. <laughs> <laughs> so then you look back at the Steam Deck screen, you're like, well, how do I game on this again? Um, because I'm a totally spoiled, snobby, techie well, guy. I, I will so. say, though, Omar's been playing on the Steam Deck. This is, so he's playing Mortal Kombat and, um, oh, my God, what was the other game he's playing? It's another shooter. It's not Valorant. It's similar to Valorant. Dang it. I can't put the name my name on it, but uh, so he's been playing those games every weekend. So whenever he comes back from school on Fridays, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, he's basically been on the Steam Deck. He drains the battery, recharges it, drains the battery, recharges it. It's like a consistent thing. And uh, he felt he. I told him I'm going to have to take it with me on my next trip, and he's like, "Oh, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> Overwatch? That's what it was. Thank you." Uh, oh, he's playing Overwatch. Dang. Yeah, he's and he's actually getting better, and he's playing Overwatch on that tiny display at 720 on the Steam Deck. Okay. So that's some yeah, commitment. The, the the Steam Deck is a is a legit. I mean, it is a legit piece of tech. It's a. I mean, and I know the the it's starting to show its age, kind of a thing. But um, the reality you know, it is really. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, no, I'm gonna I, like from my podcast on Monday. I'm I'm still like cloggy and burpy and gross. Um, I'm gonna try and get to the mute button before I have to clear my throat and sniffle in my sinuses and stuff. I love it. Um, you know, what I think is kind of interesting is the Steam Deck, currently for PC gamers, and the Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch before it, really helped highlight for me a conversation on acceptable compromises. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can absolutely find a more powerful machine and like an ROG ally. Probably. Yeah. No, no question. On paper, it is a more powerful device. But the practical usage of a Windows PC in a small form factor screen, touchscreen kind of environment, coupled with the less stable frame rates of a more powerful SoC that can spike performance higher, but then has to thermal throttle to compensate Mm -hmm. for the additional power in the power draw. And the fact that when you try to match them up, so, like, say you're really playing to the Steam Deck strengths and that you reduce 
the performance of the ROG Ally. You would expect that the ROG Ally should be able to handle that better, but in fact, you actually see sort of poorer performance in consistent frame rates. I would much rather have a game playing at like a solid 40 frames per second and not changing Mm -hmm. rather than having a game that can spike to 60 for some sequences and then crash to 30 for others. That is so much more noticeable to me when the frame rate is, is moving like that as opposed to just staying consistent and staying still. You give me 30 frames per second, I don't think it's going to look very nice. You give me a stable 30, I'm eventually going to ignore it. If you give me 60, 30, 60, 30, 60, 30, I can't play that game. I, 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 won't, I won't do that. It was my problem with Xiaomi phones two years ago was, yeah, they were crazy powerful. And then I'd fire up Undead Horde and it would like, you, you could see the game catch up to real time at like 80 frames per second and then it would crash to like 15 frames per second and turn into a slideshow yep. and like this is this is completely unplayable i this this is terrible so sorry shorts are incredibly long steam deck's great yep balance that out make appropriate choices like if you need to play triple a titles and you're you need all the horsepower and stuff like that you might want to look at a gaming laptop with a big old beefy gpu but GPU. sure yeah. Um, we should probably actually get to the list of topics that we were going to cover this week. <laughs> Before we know it, the show is actually something else. No, no, I, I totally with you. And, um, I, I do want to say I did get it, that, that, that thumbnail with that little SSD portable SSD that you put out from Kingston. That was a, that was a, I'm not going to say clickbaity. Cause I was like, I don't, you sure that's the SSD? Like I, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell from that picture, but cause I have. I have my own portable SSDs that I used to carry. I have my King, not the Kingston. I'm supposed to say I have my SanDisk one, but those things are actually getting very small, man. That is how what's I, the know, like when we, we used to call we used to call them thumb drives. Thumb drive, and they're back to the. And they're like, side. yeah, it it kind of mm-hmm. is. I, I I did this in the video. I'm just going to do it again for the podcast. I, back in the day, I used mm-hmm. to have a really a really close relationship with uh, someone on the Kingston PR team, and they would do some really silly things like. Hey, your birthday's coming up. Do you just want a giant box of memory cards to give away? I'd be like, yes, I do. And we would do a birthday giveaway. It was my birthday, but you got the gifts. This is back when I had like 10,000 subscribers and Kingston was like all over stuff like that. One of the few things I kept from that era was the data traveler. So this is a 64 gigabyte USB drive. I have used this thing for years. Like, I have put hard miles on this drive. And I still keep it around as, like, a backup. Um, it's just not quite as The only time I use thumb drives now are primarily to flash BIOS. That's it. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah that's yeah. literally, like, the only... Or... I, I, have, I have two drives down there. And, um, yeah, another one of them is a Kingston, uh, a 32-gig drive that <laughs> I, I, I keep for that. So um, this is, uh, th- I'm sorry, this is the data traveler, and then this is the, uh, the one terabyte SSD, wow. and it's just a teeny tiny little bit th- wider. What, it is I mean, almost yeah. the exact same thickness. Mm-hmm. It is the exact same height. Does I mean, that's it? What, we've, what we've gotten down to for portable solid-state drives. The, are the other options bigger or same size when it goes like the same uh, similar sizes? Uh, okay. So similar sizes, but then when you get to the higher performance drives, um, they're a different color. Um, I think the casing is a little bit nicer. So the the plastic metal panels, mm-hmm. um, they just have kind of a rough edge to them. You can feel where there's a metallic shell and where there's a plastic shell, and you're like, okay. okay. We're also talking about a drive that for a terabyte of storage sells for sixty five bucks. So 
That, You're in that's, pretty good shape. Yeah, if you ever just need an extra, just a little bit of extra space on your drive or on your system, mm-hmm. connect it over USB-C. And, you know, that infamous USB-C port that apparently is so popular now for some reason. Um, I, I just don't see why people need it. Why would you need a USB-C? You know what, what really bothers me about USB-C is that it's an old port mm-hmm. and that no company should ever be forced to use a standard. And instead of using a standard, we should go to the most successful company and say, you get to design a new port that everyone else will have to adopt just so <laughs> you can make more money on it at the expense of all consumers. Yeah. And otherwise... We'll just use really slow wireless transfers just so we can pat ourselves on the back for mm-hmm. not using a better standard connector. No, I'm with you. I, that's, I that's what tech's all about. Yeah, no, and I think that's how it's supposed to be. But then if it doesn't yeah. work and somebody else forces you to go to the same standard that everything yeah, else, I mean, that's, else that's like using. government overreach. That, that's bad for, for companies, and all I care about are the shareholders. So I don't I, care if consumers get a better product at a competitive price. All I care about are the shareholders making more money. So if they aren't making more money, then I don't think they should be, uh, companies should be forced to use better products. They should be able to design horrifically proprietary connectors that are inferior to the standard and then harm consumers and create a lack of competition in the space. My friend, I apple laws to you. I apple laws <laughs> to you all day long, all day long. I apple So I, <laughs> I just like lastly, because I have the whole video out and I talk about the transfer yeah, speeds yeah, yeah, yeah. and the performance the and all that fun stuff early, too. Was it today or yesterday? Yeah, it was Wait, today. Uh, it yeah. came out public today. And yeah. so I just wanted to, to hold this up again because I feel like there are probably a few folks out there who are like me. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're really concerned about drives from a company who has been having some issues with drive reliability. And so now if you're shopping some options, there's like a really cute little mini option that you can take a look at. I mean, just well, yeah, and you're how much the Pro, smaller. Right? The SanDisk, the, that's the Pro series from SanDisk? Because mm-hmm. I think I have uh, the four, four terabyte version of that one. Yeah. Because they're, 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 I mean, this isn't huge. It's a nice little kind of ruggedized no, no, no. shell. Absolutely. It's, it's, for it's absolutely thing. functional. It, it runs warm most of the time. It's not the issue. The, the, but the thing about it is it's, it's so, it, we're always limited by certain things on our devices, specifically for me, like when I'm traveling. The, the laptop that I have has just one terabyte of storage. I don't have a way of expanding it. It's my Mac. And I've realized over time that as I travel and as my projects keep getting bigger, like seriously, on an average, on average, my projects are somewhere between 20 to 30 gigs. And, you know, this combination of A-roll, B-roll, all that extra, whatever. But if yeah. you put them together, yeah, that's a substantial amount of space that, you know, if mm-hmm. you're traveling, you have multiple projects running in, then you have other content that you're adding and different programs. So the long story that I'm trying to show, point to is these little drives are absolutely fantastic for content transfer, content, uh, uh, you know, editing off of them. But again, mm-hmm. even like for me, for devices like our Xiaomi 13, uh, 13 Ultra that we use, right? Yeah. We can't do nearby share. We can't do anything as far as transferring that other than connecting it to sure. a PC or connect that sucker Sneak, to a Sneaker netting. I, yeah. I, I, I hate to say it, but like sneaker netting is often faster. I, I did a, a, a project with a client where we had to shoot um, video samples. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, sorry, this is w- way too complicated. I was about to like, oh, you see in this product and we're going to do this and that and blah, 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 blah. And you don't need to know any of that. 
Um, I was I was shooting off my Atomos Let's Ninja. Let's skip the good stuff. Sorry. Quite, and I, I and they really that. wanted to do everything in like high quality ProRes. We're talking four two two. 4k 60 frame per second Uh video files we filled up i remember that project yeah yeah, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of gigs of storage and so we're kind of getting halfway through the day and we realize no one has a sata adapter so we can't back up any of this footage off of our ssds from the atomos so i was like okay don't worry i'll take all this footage home i'll just back it up on my pc and then we can send it to you we're talking almost a terabyte of footage it oh ended God. up being they, they so I uploaded it and they couldn't download it. And it's always that frustrating thing where you're talking to someone who you come to understand is not nearly as techy as they say they are. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've, I've up. It took me a long time to oh, upload yeah. all of this footage. And they're like, well, I just can't download it. Like, well, I'm going to need more than that. But you don't ever get more because it just doesn't work. It's not just working. It's not just working enough to just work. And so we eventually had to just mail (laughs) a portable SSD with all the footage on it just so that you could get this drive. And, And actually, if I had just done that from the very beginning... It would have been almost the same amount of time as uploading all the footage to the cloud. Well, some some cameras allow you to connect an SSD over USB C to them and record over to the external storage. Mm-hmm. Depends on the system. Not everybody does. I mean, I know that the Atmos sure. is an external recorder, so you get the ability of doing so. Um, but like the vi- other devices, like what I love about, like I say, the Sony Xperia option that we get now with the Xperia mm-hmm. Five. We can record on device and then transfer the content over on USB-C. You know, we could do many things. There's a lot of flexibility. Sure. But for me, 90% of my problems I've always had with, the, with devices like the Find X6 Pro or even with the 13 Ultra is that they don't really work connecting into a Mac. Okay. The Android fi- transfer pro- program that we have is just literally like a 1 out of 10 for it to even work. And when it does work, it's like a real you know, pure chance. Which is weird because you would think that the company, because like Steve Jobs years ago went out on stage and talked about adopting standards. Um, there was this really great, um, I, th- I want to say it was around like the G3 era of, of oh, Max, wow. where he's mm-hmm. like, we're, we're not only adopting these standards, we're getting rid of these serial connectors, we're getting rid of the SCSI, we're looking at, at like this universal serial bus alongside Firewire, we are contributing to the future of these standards so that they become the de facto ways mm-hmm. that you connect devices and accessories and components to your computer. You just It's really surprising that Apple would do something like purposely break USB ports on their MacBooks, never supporting the media transfer protocol. Also, an Android phone couldn't transfer information over a cable to a Mac. Yep. It's shocking to me. That, I'm, are, I'm shocked. It TK, is, I'm it shocked. Is, it is one of the shocked. most frustrating I'm processes. Shocked. Especially when I'm traveling and covering events. Because as you know, <laughs> for the last couple of years, I stopped taking cameras. I actually take smartphones with me. Those are my cameras, my B-roll. Yeah. I, I've even done um, full-on videos using uh, the Find X6 Pro when I was traveling uh, over the summer. So mm-hmm. literally my only solution to this entire thing is the beauty part that the the, the SanDisk connects to my phone. I can transfer all my content to it at a very, very yep. fast, at the, the fastest supported speed. 
And then I can put my content directly on my, uh, actually, I don't even put it on. I, I edit it off the SSD directly on the yeah. Mac so that I don't have to even worry about, you know. Which, lowering... which has been the concern over the SanDisks because I think that might be one of the things that's causing so many of these drive failures is that the they ruggedized hot. rubbery coating mm-hmm. is becoming a heat soak for the internal components. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people who have complained the loudest about having these drives nuke all their data are people who have been doing things like uh, like recording directly to these portable SSDs oh, or absolutely. editing directly off of these SSDs. So um, I, I have a, a video, this little Kingston. I am not putting it in that class of drive where no, I yeah. do not believe this would be the right fit for like a filmmaker to augment the storage of a production-grade camera. But for it being co- a consumer-facing device... I think you've got a lot of room there where it can step into some more professional roles, but I wouldn't lean on it as a pro series drive. So you can catch the whole video, see some of the tests that I ran to come to that Mm -hmm. conclusion. And it's a short video. It's just really adorable. We're we're picking up like thumb sized pocketable two terabyte drives for 110 bucks. Like that is... I appreciate, I appreciate the, the, the tier the, that we've reached the tech and, and how nice and small and, and, and affordable it's becoming way more affordable. Um, the biggest thing I'll probably say though, is just understand that there are options and Kingston is definitely one of the better known one. I, I, I agree with you on the sand disc. The, the heat concern sometimes does bother me, but it's still mm-hmm. one of the smallest ones that I have. And it, the smallest physical the device with the large capacity, I'm able to carry yeah. like about four terabyte. Because I think I had, um, I forgot the name of the other one. Um, there was another company that I did a, cu- a video with that had a like a four terabyte one, but it was just mm-hmm. much bigger. And I just, space is yeah. at a premium when well, you're traveling. And, and, I, and I, I would also say, like, if we're looking at Pro, I, mm-hmm. I think we're still in a phase where it might be worth shopping just an internal PC grade SSD and in finding case, an enclosure. An yeah, yeah, an enclosure and running it. It may still be better. So, right. so speaking of moving all these files and stuff around, I think a product that you would maybe consider for getting that kind of mobile work done would be some kind of fancy tablet that can like get some do content. a desktop mode or beautiful or, beautiful beautiful man i don't know uh, you can edit video or do some luma fusion or something like that dude i don't, I, know, I, don't know. I mean like have, have you been playing with anything like that recently that you could some, share with the audience some, right now some tablets i've traveled with some some <laughs> tablets um i have actually surprisingly enough this is the first time ever i've had two tab s9 or two two samsung tablets in the house um for an extended amount of time what um the the lovely P, the lovely folks over at AT&T hooked me up with a Tab S9 Plus uh, a loaner for about a month to be able to play with it, check it out on their service, but also get a chance to see the connected part of a tablet. Uh, we've we've experienced it with other devices. You and I both played with the uh, the Surface uh, about about maybe almost about a year ago. It was like late last year. We had an opportunity to experience the Surface Pro 9 5G, seeing a connected PC uh, on the go that runs uh, you know Windows on ARM, and one of the other solutions that we always think about or that, that's been around for some time is to connect a tablet that had doubles as, let's say, a PC. So that's what the Tab S9 Plus is trying to do. It's trying to give you that connected PC experience on a tablet uh, uh, a la Dex mode, a la tablet with Android mm-hmm. running some of the best experiences. Um, surprisingly, it's not the largest version of the Tab S9. I, I, was, uh, I was actually also surprised by all the comments I got that apparently in Europe, the Tab S9 Plus and the Ultra are both 5G enabled. And then in Asia, 
all of the Tab S9s have a 5G yeah. model, where in the US we only get the S9 Plus. I, I, I can speculate as to why, but I don't. No, really no, no. Like I try justifying even, it in the video because I, I feel like I don't, I don't even care about the speculation. You, you do an extremely oh, no. diplomatic job of putting these pieces together yeah, where I, the market and and I just think it's dumb. It At some just, point, like we we just kind of need to make a lot of those skews more universal. And I, and to exactly. me, th- this. To, to me, this is the big failing of 5G, where I think 5G is a scam, is it really didn't improve a lot of customers' experiences because they didn't change the backhaul mm-hmm. going to the tower. So it's not like you really got the 5G speeds uh, for the first several years that 5G was out in the wild. Really, it just became a way to lock customers back in again where you couldn't easily move your phone between different carriers or import a phone and have compatibility for the network 5g just became another pain point for lock-in kind of like Mm eSIM is now too so that's another story for another day my friend i can have a whole conversation over but back to the tablet (laughs) back to it actually surprisingly enough so the S9 Plus, I, I love the, I'll say this. So one of my favorite products of Samsung for many, many years has been their tablet. And that's not because um, they make the, I mean, they do make great tablets, but I'm not saying it's because it's, you know, like, like they're so much better than others. There really hasn't been that many other players in the, in the, in this field of premium no. tablets. We've had yeah. budget tablets. We've had mid-ranger tablets. Actually, well, that's and, not and, true. And set, set the stage because, like, I feel yeah. my my designation for phones is a little different than, like, how you rank tablets. So I, I tend to think of phones in four tiers, entry-level, okay. mid-ranger, premium, and ultra. And mm-hmm. if I apply that kind of idea to tablets, Samsung is the only premium and higher tablet manufacturer and the pixel tablet and the OnePlus tablet and the Lenovo Mm -hmm. tablets are all mid-ranger to premium I would say yeah you're right it is more of a mid-ranger because they're like $500 to $600 tablets not $800 $700 tablets absolutely in, in the market that we're in, I think those are. This is the thing we're talking specifically the U.S. market. I'm not trying to cover obviously internationally. We have way more. I mean, Xiaomi mm-hmm. makes some of the better tablets. I mean, we have Honor that that yeah. comes into the gameplay. There's a Great lot of slates. different options, absolutely. Yeah. But what we're looking at for here with the Tab S9, so the S9 Plus and the Ultra are slightly different. They're obviously the Ultra is bigger, bigger battery, bigger display, has an extra camera on the front. There's a few of the things that the Ultra carries the Ultra name with it. Sure. Um, that I feel like, you know, Samsung's justifying it there. But the experience that we get with the S9 Plus, I feel like at least it's that, I'm not going to say fun size, but it's like in between size where you it's portable, it's slim enough, it's functional enough to get everything you need on it. You can add an SD card to it surprisingly, surprisingly on a Samsung product. And the battery life is actually really good. The HN2 is really nice on this. Like I, I, I have not to this day with all of my different experiences, I've been doing it. I've never even killed it. Like I haven't had a chance to drain the battery entirely. I will be testing it on a ten-hour, eleven-hour flight in the in the upcoming days. So you get but one charge. That's all I'm you gonna, get. I'm, I'm going to charge it once, and I'm going to see. Can I go through the video, the amount of videos that I've covered there? And because I'm, I'm bringing my own library, <laughs> not, not that I don't appreciate online entertainment. But the only other thing, I, the other right. thing I really like about it is you can connect it to the airline, right? You can connect it to the Wi-Fi and then yeah. do streaming off their content. But the from from that experience where we have it's good luck to be able to customize our tablet and even add more features unique customized features 
the DeX experience as the native UI, as well as running Android on top of it, external displays. There's just so much to go. And it comes with an S Pen and it's easy. It's ready to go. So I feel like it's an easy premium recommendation in the U.S. if you're looking for something that is a top a top of the line experience. And I also said that in the video, I said, look, I, I realize that Google left the, the tablet game and they're coming back. I just don't think that the Pixel tablet is a competitor to the premium sector. I feel like it's a no. great mid-ranger experience. It's really trying to be more of a smart home hub than it is a tablet. And, and you the- also have to shave $100 off the price of the Pixel tablet just because of that magnetic speaker base that's true exactly because so that typically it, doesn't yeah, yeah it's a 500 dollars tablet but it's not a 500 dollars tablet it's a 400 dollars tablet with an accessory included yeah. whereas that's where i would feel it's it's kind of a fair comparison and, and it's similarly like mm-hmm. the full kitted out experience of a oneplus tablet oh absolutely. doesn't quite hit the price point of what samsung's doing surprisingly and not a sponsored thing oneplus is currently uh, giving out the keyboard for free if you pick up the tablet that's just kind of a thing i saw the email a couple of days ago um but yeah no we have many options and actually there's also rumors about the whole uh oneplus tablet go potentially something that (laughs) means uh samsung uh, not samsung uh oneplus coming in with another tablet but yeah uh, from a solution to what what the one what samsung's doing with tab i feel like it's a great solution the whole Every, you know, only one SKU having a connected. So, like, you can't even buy an unlocked uh, 5G tablet. It has to be a carrier version. I feel like there's a little bit of conversations in the background of, of why this is made. And I think Samsung's starting to tailor their experiences very much into what the what the carriers are going to do. Um, be that as it may, 5G on AT&T, surprisingly, is actually pretty decent. It, it carried me pretty well in San mm-hmm. Diego in Utah, and I forgot where else where I was, in San Francisco, I think, for that for a quick trip. Um, but it was so nice. As I'm sitting on the, we're sitting on the tarmac and I'm waiting, I'm like, I could just download a quick video, quick episode uh, of uh, on, on Disney or whatever, and I can just, you know, binge watch it on the flight. It's, it's, it's really nice. And if you're looking for a tablet, I think, check out the video. Let me know what you guys think. There's a few other examples, obviously, that we did there. Um, and the keyboard accessory, I feel like, is a must if you'd like to use it as a computer. Yeah. Well, the, and nice. <clears throat> I know we mocked like the Apple series of commercials, you know, what's a computer? And you're like, okay. So I, I want to highlight and I, I want to point, you know, that was sort of clumsy fellow kid marketing from Apple. Mm-hmm. But I'm also just really tired of the way that techies talk about tablets. Like when the Pixel tablet came out, I'm listening through multiple podcasts. I'm reading tons of reviews where, like, how it feels in the hand. And this nano ceramic coating, it feels really interesting on the fingers. And, you know, it feels one way when the tablet's cold, but it feels another way when the tablet's hot. And you know what? The UI is really fluid. And you're like, there's so much more that you can talk about. And I'm so tired of people throwing up this like, well, you know, tablets, they're solutions in search of problems as if that's like, as if that's all they need to say. And then they don't have to do any work because, well, who even knows what these problems might be? And you're like, well, if you use the tablet, you can inform your audience as to what problems they can solve. Yeah. And and for us, like, you know, we're the type of guys who have been out there like editing video on our phones. Like, this is not... This, this is I, not. I would. I'll, I'll say. I, I. I will say. It, it's absolutely the one thing I will probably say that I miss 
is um, Samsung took away the feature of enabling us to use the tablet as an external display to your PC. That used to oh, be yeah. a feature. And because that would have been such an easy, easy recommendation for somebody that wants to go out, you turn your tablet into a, into a secondary monitor, you connect yeah. it to your computer, and now you suddenly have a, you know, a, a 2K or whatever the resolution on your tablet end up being as an extra display, and you don't have to carry a separate display. Like, literally, multi-purpose functionalities, I always feel like are great. It does, by the way, it still does work as an external display to Samsung, uh, Samsung books, sure. the, the PCs. But I feel like they're they're trying to make it more proprietary, which is again, a lot yeah. They want they want to they they're they're trying to make that Apple money, and they won't. Oh, no, no, I, I, it's, it's a tougher, and in fact, yeah. all they're going to do is encourage people to just go buy MacBooks and iPads. Like every time they do this, so, so, all they do is, is improve Microsoft sales is really for gunning Apple products. For them, though. I don't know if you saw some of the comments uh, during the day. Obviously, today is Happy Microsoft Day to everybody. If you were following the news. Happy Surface Day, yeah, and um, what Microsoft was actually touting uh some improved performance and rendering speed tests on mm-hmm. and comparing it to the m2 pro and i'm like ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah tell me more uh although, well yeah especially like, for the studio like microsoft oh, really makes we can talk about that a little too yeah. um but but just you know kind of wrapping up so one of the other major stories today and i was so bummed because i mm-hmm. actually wanted to set this up and and like not tell anyone that that's what i was going to do and just see like how well it ran um, Android 14, there's a new, um, the new beta, beta out mm-hmm. today or, or like it's the, the beta before public release. Mm-hmm. And one of the features is you can plug a pixel into your PC and use it as a web camera. And I get it. A bunch of techies got real excited about that. Look at this extra functionality that you can do from your phone. Now. Your phone can replace a webcam. Isn't that amazing? We've been asking for other things to do with our phones. And I keep, I, I, sorry, I have to keep managing this because it's like my brain will explode if I really bottle up. Like this is basically just free therapy. So you're, you're going to have to listen to me kind of unpack this, but we have been promoting desktop modes and laptop replacement and PC replacement and, aggressive, you know, uh, heavy compute tasks out in the field, replacing portable gaming systems. Like there are so many other things our phones can do. And it just galls when yes, a cool feature, like turn your phone into a webcam. We've have wanted you that. Heard of ready for sure. I'm sorry. Have you heard of ready but for though? Have you done anything else with your phone isn't doesn't vr droid um allow you to do that exact function over wi-fi and it's been around well we've had a whole bunch see i i don't like i don't like the wireless solutions i really don't Um, because solution i'm with you they're network dependent so if you're on like at a hotel oh yeah yeah, um and we're traveling and that's why ready for was so great because not only did you have a cabled webcam that could then connect to like a tv or a laptop dock or something like that but especially you know for those silly high resolution selfie cameras motorola put in that you know what i do with my camera where it kind of tracks your movement and kind of zooms in on your face and stuff and so like for a business solution that that's way better but again motorola had to make that now it's going to be a more accessible component or part of android 14 that's progress i love it it's android 14 We've been trying to figure out ways to use our phone cameras as webcams for a decade. 
-hmm. But we finally have a native Android version of that. But I just like the unequal commentary that that one feature is going to get as opposed to the myriad number of other things you can do with a phone that can displace tablets, displace laptops, displace desktops, displace cameras, and pulling all of these disciplines together for a pocket computer that is so ridiculously powerful, and yet we still talk about it primarily as like, well, it's what you scroll through on your TikToks. <laughs> and it just makes me real cranky. One thing I will tout, though, that I feel like um, Apple needs to start working on a little bit better. Uh, yeah, Samsung tablets or Android tablets support Instagram natively. We get a full version of Instagram running on a tablet as opposed to where we get a cropped yeah. mobile version on, on, on Apple. On you iPads, know what else, what else uh, is really cheesing me off right now? Mm-hmm. Android 14, new beta. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. The, the, the punchline to that story was I was getting all set up before we jumped on the screen stream to use it. I was going to use the Android 14 webcam from a phone and just set it up and just let people say, Hey, Juan's camera looks a little different. Um, not on the pixel fold, but that's what I was going to say. Webcam mode. The, 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 the pixel in my office that I most want to set up as a webcam to connect to my computer and prop it up and aim the cameras and have all that. Not on this one. It's on the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 7, but not here. So, also in the Android 14 beta, a feature that I have been dying for since the demise of LG mm-hmm. are per-app aspect ratios. So now oh, you can actually, force okay, an yeah, yeah. app mm-hmm. into a different aspect ratio. So you make it so you make it fit correctly on your display. The Pixel Fold is not supporting 16 by 9. So if you want to full frame what mm-hmm. would traditionally be like a 16 by 9 image, no. They've got like half screen. They've got 4 by 3. They've got well, maybe, full maybe screen. Maybe a little more, more, more formats or more aspect ratios by the time it goes. But I mean, I know it's like a couple of weeks well, from what, now. What I'm, what I'm hoping is like the phones that will support things like video out through the USB-C port will add 16 by nine so that they can better talk to other displays. And that this is just something you don't really need on a pixel since I I mean, like I have one gadget in my household right now that I, not a Chromecast. I have one other video device that talks to an app that then pulls like a screen recording and you end up getting like 20 frame per second (laughs) Okay. Views, but it will sort of put out another image. It's not Miracast, but it's just some proprietary screen grabbing piece of hardware, which I'm sure okay. is totally not ripping off all my data. I'm sure it's completely legit. I'm glad. Um, but but I'm going through this on the Pixel, and you're like, if I wanted to cast this to like my Chromecast and then like play a game on this network and have it full screen. The wireless version of that would be garbage, but I still can't tell it 16 by nine, nine. the most common aspect ratio for like monitors and televisions. And it just kills me. It's like, we get so close. And that was one of the best features like back in the day on, on, on LGs, like the G8 mm-hmm. and uh, the, the velvet and the V60 we were going to these taller and skinnier aspect ratios, but you could just tell the phone, nah, nope, no, go 16 by nine. And it would reformat the screen. You'd give you a 16 by nine. You'd have black space, you know, oh, like, yeah. uh, 
pillar boxing on, on the top and bottom of your phone, but then you'd plug it into a TV and it would be a perfect 16 by 9 image It'll for match that the app. TV's resolution because that's where you're going to watch the content. You want it to match what the solution, resolution yeah. is on, on the host, not on the, not on the actual. Right, and uh, Dex remote. and Ready For get that, but mm-hmm. any other phone that just screen mirrors is just going to give you your phone uh, letterboxing and pillar boxing boxing yeah i mean and i'll I'll say um sony does i actually do that when you're doing screen screen mirroring it just basically gives you the phone so it just even if you go sideways unless you're doing full screen then it does try to match the resolution but if you're just looking at your phone you go sideways it you're getting the whole it's just a mirror of your display so um, uh jgj is asking and if i could screen here i'm gonna i'm gonna make myself big at your expense it's okay sorry oh that's not what i meant to do that's the wrong guy. Okay. So uh, JGJ is asking per app uh, screen mirroring. And, and if I could just plug in a cable, I could like mm-hmm. put this up on screen. You would, you would be able to see this in full resolution. But you just go to your apps and then like, here, let me find like Audio Evolution Mobile. And so I'm in Audio Evolution Mobile in the app info and I go down. And now on the Android 14 beta, there's a little setting for aspect ratio. And you click on that. You click on that, and then it gives you options like just a default. You could go full screen. You can go half screen where it kind of just pins it to the middle, and then you can do the double taps to switch it panel to panel. Um, And then you can force it into 4 by 3 But I can't do 16 by (laughs) 9 So, question. Does it change? Yeah. Is it the same with every app, or is it just this? Uh, just this one. Same options for every app that I've looked at. So even so, I, I, I went or... through. I went. Yeah, I, I went through media apps. I went through games, and I went through um, Audio Evolution and Luma Fusion. The two. Sort but did of you main... try social media? I'm sorry, Scott. Okay. Okay. Did you try <laughs> any dating apps? Because the dating apps no. just work. No, because when I install dating apps on my phone, my wife starts asking a whole bunch of questions about why there are dating apps on my phone. See, so. it works. No, it does, does not work. It does not work. <laughs> um, we'll have to see, obviously, the beta itself. It, as you said, this is the, the, pre- re- the, the last beta before the official release. Um, October 4th is right around the corner. It's going to be Pixel Day. But I'm, where we I'm hoping, see. like, if we started getting this on, like, like th- think about going back to a OnePlus 10 Pro, having video out through that USB-C, Plug it into a TV, set it to 16 by 9. I miss that feature so much on OnePlus devices. Like 4K 120 and and, and video out, I feel like were two things that I really think they should have stuck with. Like, I I, don't get me wrong. I understand there are other things that they are known for and the slider and all that Mm -hmm. other stuff. But it's exciting to be able to say, and and, uh, the reason why I'm saying this, oh, sorry. So one of the things I I said in my video for the the Tab S9 Plus is I said, hey, I've even done it twice where we I've done live streams using this, where I've had total failure on hardware. And the Tab S9 or at the time S8 Ultra wasn't the life and saving uh, grace of this. And I found our last time, the last time you were over and we did the, the live stream together, we were talking about how nice it was that OnePlus had. And plus Sony are the only companies that are putting out video phones with 4K 120. And of course that was around the 10 pro. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) like, so I did not use the clip. But it's like baby step by baby step. We're just losing more and more. I I actually kind of had a little bit of a, of a, an ennui meltdown on Mm -hmm. the discord. Uh, It was like yesterday. Oh, wow. And just like we were talking about like, oh, this and someone was saying like, hey, I really don't want to, but I think I'm going to get an iPhone for my next phone. And I mean, the people on the on the the discord, I think they're 
typically Android leaning. Mm -hmm. um, but like there was a lot of support for the idea and it wasn't just like, oh, you turn coat and you're going to leave the land of Android freedom. Like we're all just exhausted and we're all just tired of mm -hmm. every single bad move from Apple being replicated on our phones. And you eventually get to a point where it's like, hey, if I don't have the aspirations to turn my phone into a mini laptop or to do more production work from it or be more creative or play games from it. Maybe I'm just tired of getting hassled for having the wrong color text message. Like, I know I'm I'm losing or I'm giving in to the peer pressure, but, like, what's the point? Why are we going to continue supporting these companies if they're going to keep, like, removing the things that made the products unique that we cared about? Why there was a different flavor of this phone versus that phone? Or, like, why a, a Samsung was different than an HTC? And you're like, that was fun and it was engaging and that's when premium android sales were at their peak it's when we had all this competition and all we, of the phones we, had different features we, were, we used to go through generational like leaps and bounds on every phone the new design the new aesthetics like up till the 10 the s10 series i felt like samsung kept going up and up and up and up and i think when they went to the s20 there was that dramatic shift in design and then the by the s21 we went there was no more i'm sorry by the s22 we no longer had a note now we only have an s series mm -hmm. that is so there's the whole evolutionary that, that that big surprise factor i mean this is one of those things i'm really like we're, we're we want to be excited we want to be surprised of and 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 i'm even pointing this down to like the phones that sell the most like think about all of the mid-rangers that we've been checking out oh, this year well, yes, that have started which, to lose the pixel memory 8a cards. Got, got leaked but yes that's well but no but i mean like yeah. they've lost memory cards they've lost headphone jacks even our like four to five hundred dollar phones which used to are not carry keeping... all those extra exactly yeah that, yeah that that was their bread and butter they're like look we understand premium has certain aspects and certain features in there and that, you know, you don't really need them at that level. You can get such a better experience there. I, I got it. But then to bring those features down to the mid rangers where it's already a tough conversation to start and you're trying to, when it, when you do things to the mid ranger, the people that are trying that are barely able to afford the device that they want to get, but then you're trying to upcharge them to be able to get other things. Like, I can't tell you how many times I am so happy that I have a headphone jack on my phone. Yeah, like going to the going to the Xperia from nothing against the Moto, but going to the Xperia from the Moto, and realizing that hey, where is my Bluetooth headset? Because I've it's happened to him a couple of times where I forget my Bluetooth headset. Mm -hmm. I just have at work. I have my regular uh, Sennheiser uh, plugged in. I can yeah. listen to my music. I can do whatever I want. You're good. Um, but I think those are the things that we miss. Like, uh, it's like a, it's a feature. Like the Poco F5 that I gave Omar for gaming still had a headphone jack, and that was the standard model. Yeah, the Five Pro didn't have a headphone jack i know the more expensive owner is like oh well you've already spent more money on it you know like you i must feel like want to buy bluetooth it, earbuds too I, it, it's a tough it's such a tough conversation and it's a to, poco i know i know and, and it's, it's a it's, poco <laughs> we're not talking expensive xiaomi devices yeah, we're, we're not we're not talking the high-end xiaomi i mean <gasps> xiaomi's gonna have the, so the biggest thing i'll probably say is there are some some substantial differences in devices that you're looking for. You obviously need to be able to pick out which one you want. Android 14 is going to bring us a lot of features that we've been wanting and that hopefully will start becoming more available to other companies. Yeah. And and I think we're going to need to see how this, this kind of translates to other companies. Because obviously, you know, I've been playing with the OnePlus 11's uh, beta version of Android 14. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have any of these features yet, obviously, because they run behind the curve with where Are Google they is beta 2? I want to say they're already up on beta two. I I downloaded beta okay. one, but I don't think I I haven't seen beta two. 
Uh, Oppo's doing the same thing with, uh, with Color OS on their side. Yeah. I think some of the, and then you, you mentioned yourself, even Vivo's Vivo. doing it on, yeah, Vivo's running yeah. it there. So we're at the point where we're going to start seeing Android 14 full fledged on the Pixel. Is it probably maybe launching? I think it, it's, probably... it's just making me sad because we're now getting some of these quality of life features, power mm-hmm. management features, screen aspect ratio, dimension features, stuff like that. Yep. At, at a time when we're losing the hardware on the phones that would help us best make use of that software, it's maddening. It is, yeah. It's exhausting. And that's it's what we kind of all had that little, like, kind of circle of commiseration, just like, this isn't fun when the market is kind of, like, stacking up this way. And there are plenty of people out there. I mean, think of all the people that we talk to. And, mm-hmm. and I mean everyone here in the chat, too. And yeah. someone pulls out a phone and you're like, you're still on a Galaxy S9. You have no idea how much junk you're going to lose when you upgrade that phone. Yeah. Where, where Not only is it going to be somebody... a fundamentally different experience in terms of software and UI and performance and all this other stuff, you're going to lose a bunch of things you might not be prepared to lose yet. And to me, that's like, hey, if I'm going to lose all this stuff on the phone, why not just go get the blue text message phone instead and not deal with you know, the parent at my kid's school sighing and rolling her eyes when she can't airdrop me a photo because her phone is flipping stupid and can't handle file transfers from other devices. So like, it's just exhausting. It's just like, it's, it's like death by a thousand paper cuts, but the Android manufacturers are kind of complicit in putting the pressure on us and squeezing out the consumers and making everything worse on our side of the fence. It, it's a it's so. a tough conversation. It's always going to be tough. Um, I do want to talk a little bit before um, what's it called? Before we jump over to the other topic title that we sure. have in there. Um, so last week I had the opportunity to go down to San Diego to check out Qualcomm for their Wi-Fi day, and I forgot to put that in the title, but I'll I'll try to go back in there and, and change it later sure. on. Um, so apparently, not apparently. So. Wi-Fi 7 is, is obviously one of the new mediums that we're going to be mm-hmm. hopefully ushering in. It, it's in. It's in already built into the 8 Gen 2 series. It's already built into the 8, uh, to the Dimensity 9200. It's not tech that's brand, I mean, on our devices. It just hasn't been used. We don't have access or I, I would say available, uh, sorry, reasonably priced access points that we can use to leverage Wi-Fi 7. And plus, every company is trying to do their flavor of Wi-Fi 7 slightly differently. But Samsung, sorry, not Samsung, but Qualcomm's approach Qualcomm. to this, because um, they had the same, so they had a table there, a really cool table there with all the different phones from all the different companies that uh, that we really like, like Vivo, Xiaomi, Real, and not Realme, but, uh, you know, Honor, uh, uh, yeah. Red Magic, and all, all the cool devices, all running HN2s. The biggest thing that I really liked about what, what at least Qualcomm's approach to what they're trying to do is the dual connection, the running simultaneous connection on over 5G and six, you know, 5 gigahertz and 6 gigahertz to try to circumvent network latency and bandwidth mm-hmm. issues, especially in the, the gaming realm. I feel like it's the most demanding ver- uh, side of actual connectivity, but also creators like us. Because Acer was there showcasing some of their, uh, their new laptops that are going to be switching over to Wi-Fi 7 as well. Um, so it was very exciting to see the demos, very excited to learn about it. And it seems like it's going to be driving their 2024 lineup 
Um, there are already Xiaomi routers and so on in China that are being released. Netgear is going to be jumping in on, on board with it, of course, as well as I'm sure Linksys will. Sorry, didn't mean to hit the phone, the, the microphone. But it's really, really exciting tech, really good information coming in. And gigabit speeds on Wi-Fi with low latency is the biggest driver that they're trying to shoot for. Like mm-hmm. Charter's going in with them. I think EE in Europe is going to be going in with them as well. They announced both partnerships in there. And they had a whole bunch of different uh, panels and, and conversations going on. So it was a really exciting day, finally able to talk about some of their technologies and going on. And I really cannot wait to see what's going to be, you know, how is this going to basically help our lives get better? And also once they turn it on and get us to be able to use it on the HN2s, because it's coming out when the HN3 is <laughs> coming out, it's going yeah. to be exciting to say that it's a little bit backwards compatible. And it should... This is the weird thing. It should help at the end of the day alleviate some spectrum for the congested lower bands. And that I think is a lot of the concerns yeah. where a lot of your IoT things still live like around in the 2.4. 2. 2. Yeah. Yeah. So having things not need to not having to sit in that realm will alleviate any kind of concerns in there. And yeah, I just realized on our Wi Fi 6 router, we've got a business grade router. Um, I mm-hmm. never made the jump to 6E. Um, I did. It's not almost. Bad. Almost all of our devices are connected at five gig now. So I get a little bit of dropout just to kind of the periphery of our network, you know, sort of at the edges of our home, but almost everything else is pretty solid. So we haven't really landed on 2.4. I'm trying to think. I think one of the only things that's using 2.4 is our TV. (laughs) Good old Samsung. I'm just kidding. Um, no, no, no. I, I'm with you. I, it, no, it's, it's the old LG TV. It's oh, the, the, it, it's an old TV, and I think that's the only dude, reason why. It, it, your LG for some reason it does not like didn't, didn't do well. It, <laughs> Sorry. No, it does not like uh, it does not like our five gig router. And and again, Wi-Fi six. And this is the thing that makes me nervous about Wi-Fi seven. We got our Wi-Fi six router just as the spec was considered finalized, but there were still flavors of Wi-Fi six. Mm-hmm. And so you'd get one phone, and you're like. This phone really does not like connecting at this part of my router. Or um, BBK phones would refuse to see the 5 gigahertz. So if you went into airplane mode and turned on Wi-Fi, it would not connect to 5 gig. So you would have to disable airplane mode, turn the cell radio back on, even though there was no SIM card in the phone. Then it would find 5 gig. Then you could hit airplane mode and immediately toggle Wi-Fi back on again. Mm-hmm. And it would stay connected to 5 gig. And it's like, that is not a common issue. It was just this mismatch between the flavors of Wi-Fi 6 and what the phone expected versus what the router did. Yeah. Um, again, short story, incredibly long. <laughs> what I was trying to say is that this is Qualcomm's approach to it. I mean, some of the frequencies, some of the benefits yeah. of Wi-Fi 7 translate to other companies. You know, MediaTek also has their approach. I'm sure we're going to hear about it soon enough. Sure. I mean, we heard about it last year, but... <laughs> be applying it and some of the partners that are going to be working with them i think that's the exciting part is to see new tech coming in to help our lives do better and alleviate some of the latencies and congestions that we deal with on the in our homes because our homes are like almost microsites if you really start thinking especially if you like connected devices Mm-hmm. How many pieces of tech you have at home that's connected to the router and how many of them need to be on 2.4, especially those automatic, uh, the light switches that we use typically most of the time, they're all 2.4. They will not work at five. 
Um, and also, like you said, the limitation of where your geographic location is based on where the router is. 2.4 yeah. just carries further. It's it's a slower band, but it's a re- it has better reach. Where 5 and 6G, uh, 6 gigahertz don't reach as far, but they give you better performance. So it's kind of like you have to figure out which one works. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a somewhat of a better balance. And we'll have <clears> also <throat> kind of like I the, said. The, the only unknown, and this is going to be something that plays out over this generation, is mm-hmm. the conversation from manufacturers from the companies that are making the components to packaging the components into a router and then working on the compatibility with phones and tablets and PCs. Mm -hmm. I think Wi-Fi 7 is going to be sort of a dead router generation. And I think it's going to unfortunately be a problem. You know, I shouldn't say that ubiquitously in North America where we're already reluctant to do a lot of networking upgrades, I think all of these these partnerships, like, ooh, Charter Communications is going to do this and then do that and then package this router. Spectrum is trying to get me to flip the the router that they forced me to rent. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I've never used it. It's just cheaper on my plan to have it than not. Mm-hmm. And if you would cut my bill by me giving it back to you, I would. Because I've got a much better router than anything you supply. Absolutely. But I don't think consumers across the United States are going to care about Wi-Fi 7 when it doesn't make their, their home internet connection any faster. It, it, yeah, they already mean, don't care to upgrade yeah, their routers. Like you see how many people are still on like well, I mean, Wi-Fi router, G, you know? Right. <laughs> I remember that one. No, 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 no. but I mean, it's like they don't even VGN. know that yeah, Wi-Fi know. has changed to numbers. They're they're like, oh, it's like oh, a Lord. Wi-Fi N router, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's an old router. Is um, it an AC or like what? Like, yeah, no, no, I'm with you. Uh, it, I had to explain to my dad what the AX numbers were after it was. This is like an AX six thousand router, but this one's an AX seventy six hundred, and that to me is also kind of a scam that they can advertise. Router Why routers that are like way. TVs, though. You typically, it's like what, there's one of those things that you don't upgrade unless it breaks. Like seriously, the, sure. Because if it sure, runs sure, sure, sure. and you're and but, it's not like dead in the water, you're. But pretty but much the, the 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 transition from five to six to seven has been built on this like oh well, we're going to improve these speeds you know handle all this congestion all Se- the devices in your home talking to to a, each yeah, other seven is trying to uh, promise that sure I, and and I'm sure it will perform better. I mean Wi-Fi six has performed better than Wi-Fi five, but. The, the main thing that people are going to look at is, well, I plugged in this new expensive box that's supposed to give me speeds. Mm-hmm. And then I went to speedtest.net or I went to fast.com and yeah. it's exactly the same. And it's been exactly the same for three generations of Wi-Fi now because we don't actually improve. It's the same thing that I was complaining about with 5G. We don't mm-hmm. actually improve... The, the connection to your home. I was about to say, yeah, it's, it's the same. The, the network in your home keeps getting faster and faster and faster, but very few people are like us where we're running like Plex servers and editing off of NAS devices. And you're like, no, no, but that's why that's, would you it, invest in a new router if you're not doing anything like this that? This is why I feel like Qualcomm is trying to hit more on the, on the, on the business side and try to allow companies like Charter and like EE to, 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 to try to usher in the technology, although you're right. For the most part, if you're getting a five megabit connection, or let's say you, your, your maximum speed is 30 down and 10 up, 
getting a, yeah. a router that does one gigabyte down and you know like you're not yeah. going to get that because the reality is no. it's still the same connection so there it has to be a fundamental shift like once i i left there and i came back from san diego my first thing i started doing is like hey so how does charter or how does uh, uh no charter um is it charter or time no yeah charter no spectrum dude i'm like i'm not even i'm like i don't have charter i have spectrum spectrum's going in on cuz i thought no, no, i thought no, you spectrum were right wasn't. with charter yeah it is oh, charter okay. with 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 them but what i was trying to say is like even if i decided to pick up a router myself cuz like xiaomi makes sure. a router and netgear is going to make a router you can buy your own right this is the beauty of, yeah. of tech um their gigabit their gigabit connection for for my internet provider and watch my internet mm-hmm. drop right now the moment i say this <laughs> is is 1 gigabyte down but 40 megabytes up bits megabits like, megabit, not sorry, megabytes up 40 megabits. megabits down i mean up how does that make sense how is that gigabit well that's cable copper for you i mean i mean, never I, did I, the I, last I, line I, like I, we I, were I, supposed to Am I trying? To, am I downloading that much corn or something like that? Like, what is what is what is it that you need to download at a, at a like at that much? C- cable companies have skirted by, and they put pressure on the FCC because the FCC <sighs> is looking at redefining what you can advertise as high speed, and all yeah. they did was redefine high speed broadband mm-hmm. as what cable companies already offered. So, in most markets, <sighs> you're looking at hopefully up to 100 megabits down. And I think 25 well, yeah, so or 30 on, on the DSL out. connection, when I tried going over to AT&T to try to see if we can offer whatever, because I tried <laughs> to sit in the back. Because AT&T does offer fiber, but not in my area. Not in your area. Yeah. AT&T said, yeah, hey, we can offer you at 100 megabits down and 15, uh, 15 megabits up. I'm like, what? No, I'll stick with I'll say the spectrum is for what I have from spectrum right now has been doing well. It's just that the, the couple of the last few weeks or so I've started transferring content over the internet, like 20, 30 gigs at a time. It just mm-hmm. takes forever. And I'm like, yeah. man, like I seriously, sometimes I wish I could just take the stuff, put it on my drive, drive down to my local, I forgot the name of the coffee shop where I know where the cell tower is sitting there. And I yeah. can just upload over on T-Mobile because I feel like T-Mobile will be faster. Like the, the my, my embarrassment is uh, occasionally I have driven to a library. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. You are, you are, I am following you. No, I'm, I'm with you. It's, this yeah, is, it, it's, this is horrific. It is because the, the fastest I think we can get, I mean, they say it's up to 40, but it's really yeah. up to 30. And yeah. that's if we get the business grade line. And my I had to switch the business home grade the line. Yeah, the only way to is, get it is, is to technically it. only up to 20, but I'll routinely hit like 22, 23. So I'm not going to switch to a business grade line for a seven megabit difference. <laughs> And upload speeds. And what you're saying is totally appropriate. I, like, there have been times where I have had very large 4K video files. And I also like, hey, you know what? Lex's library books are overdue. Let's kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> I'll just drive over and hop on their Wi-Fi. And it's like, it's a it's a, a proper, uh, uh, what do you call that? Duplex? Uh, or it's the same speed up and down. Oh, uh, and uh, the, the asynchronous, not asynchronous, uh, synchronous, synchronous, connection. synchronous connection. Yep, um, and you're like, well, yeah, th- this is really nice. And it's very quiet and I can get some writing done and <laughs> it's uploaded oh, no, no, so much faster. You can sit there, you can even sit there and do some editing, put your headphones yeah. on, do some actual like legit work and, and be in a quiet environment. Absolutely. And just like I got out of the house for an hour. It was great. <laughs> it's you so sad. I want get that. A, get a few steps on the watch, you know, all of that. No. 
but, Ten um, extra steps from my car to the library. <laughs> oh God! You gotta talk. I know. I I, I have to. I've been uh, I've, I've been trying to do better about um, forcing myself. Like so, the three days that I do go into the office, this is this is my silver lining in why I have made me going into the office being a good thing. Not that I don't have to. Obviously, I realize work mm-hmm. and all of that good stuff. So my day job obviously is. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays at the very minimum. And if they need me more, I usually go in. Um, I have a, they have a gym. We have an, we have an actual nice. office, uh, like a, a yeah. facility gym. And it's a legit gym. It's tiny, but it's a legit gym, like treadmills and runners and all that good stuff. So I force myself to go in there in the morning. I get in early enough in the morning that I'm like, there's nobody here. I'm just going to go down. I'm going to get my workout done. And I'm, last three weeks i've been forcing myself so at least three days a week now i've been getting in some steps or some runs and um it feels so good it just feels yeah we, we gotta get back yeah it's it's just it's hard um so i i the, just uh for my birthday the last birthday gift this is back in august we finally got them shipped in i got some new adjustable weights so oh, I've good. Been, yeah, yeah. I've been oh the doing the, so the it, it's just the the side arm. So you slot out and then you slot in. Oh, okay, and they're okay, big. Yeah. They're rectangular and stuff. But like they're nice. I really like them. And then uh, tomorrow I'm supposed to be getting my new trail hiking shoes. So nice. um, I, I'm I'm with you. It's like yeah, yeah. I, I I wake you gotta up. Find, you gotta Marie wake up. You gotta usually do tackles dropping Lex off at school, and I usually do the pickup. But when they're out the door, instead of just sitting there soggily trying to answer my email, it's like if I just get out. And I walk two miles. My day is so much better than you if I just off, sit there start and off, stew it, over a cup of You started off on the right foot. And I think it's, it's always going to be better in, in that manner. I think that's the biggest sure. problem. Hey, real we, quick. We I know we didn't them. put this on the, the list either. Do you want to break down some of the Surface announcements? Because we, we, um, sure, we I, got Surface Laptop Go 3. We got the yep. Surface Studio. And then also Panos Panay is leaving. And oh. he's going to Amazon. I missed I... Okay. Yeah. So, so first rumors. off, we, we can we can at least do that. So the that rumors, yeah, the rumors not. are, and and yeah. and I bet you, you are going to be incredibly shocked and surprised at this turn okay. of events. Shocked. I. So there is no proper confirmation from any of the parties involved. These are just the rumors and speculations from people who know people who knew a guy who once sat across from Panos Panay at like a Panera Bread. That's how um, we do it. Because it's just fun to say Panos Panay at a Panera Bread. Uh, the rumor is that okay. Microsoft was aggressively scaling back on projects, and a number of them were hardware-related, which meant the Surface team was going to be getting less funding yeah. for future experiments and initiatives and sort of their moonshot, you yeah, know, yeah. like the more experimental stuff. Well, the Vanguard and this stuff, kind yeah. of dovetails with, like, the Surface Duos not really having gotten as much support as we were hoping they were going to get, whether or not mm-hmm. there was going to be more interest in foldable surfaces, not just Android, but like a Legit. proper Windows or Windows on ARM um, folding slate of some kind, kind of like what Lenovo has shown off and, yeah, and I was about like to say got a yoga. lot of kudos for. Exactly, yeah. And so apparently uh, Amazon just rolled a dump truck of money up to dude's house and Panos was like, all right, if I can just have free reign to make the kinds of things I want to make, then sure. And he's switching teams. He's going from Microsoft to Amazon. 
And I hope I hope a lot of that like a lot of the, those conversations move and and we see a research not a research even if it's a new new piece of tech but essentially I just the, the idea I can't wait for the first Amazon keynote where Panos gets real emotional with us because that's totally his shtick every single time like I've been in the audience I was in the audience for the Hololens reveal oh my god but man. he okay. was like he was showing off the newest things of Surface and just he's so emotional. Because it's what you're going to do with the product and how it connects you and how it empowers you. Yeah. And, and, and like, I just remember the, the, the first duo and like, and just opening it and the possibilities and the imagination and just it's his baby, getting man. really choked yeah. up yeah. thinking yeah. about it. And you're like, dude, where is his heart on his sleeve? Um, for me, it, it's like, it, it's respected, but it's also like, I kind of like to parody it too, because it's so on brand. It's so like his brand. But um, that kind of overshadowed the news. We've got some new laptops coming out. I do yep. have this one queued up right here. Uh, both yeah, of us had a lovely time with the Surface Laptop Go 2. Perfect. And yep. the Laptop Go 3 is getting just a little bit of a refresh. I think the prices That's... are, are, are going to be appreciated. So they're all getting a little bit of a bump, but they're also being sold immediately on sale for the pre-orders. So gone are the days of a Surface Laptop Go with four gigabytes of RAM and 64 gig of storage. Like, that just doesn't exist anymore. We're happy. We need to X that out now, yeah. No, we're we're happy that tier is dead. (laughs) It's just gone. So finally finally moved on from, you know, 64 gigabytes. Finally. Um, So the two configurations for the Laptop Go 3, Mm -hmm. the only difference is RAM. So you have a user-replaceable SSD. Both of them have 256 gig of storage. And then the only price difference is whether or not you're going with 8 gigs of RAM or 16 gigs of RAM. Mm -hmm. But that price difference MSRP is $200. That's a substantial jump for just going from 8 to 16. It's a real big jump. But on sale... It's like a hundred and eighty dollars, so okay. it's a little cheaper to on these sales. PC RAM, um, laptop RAM is not that expensive. Okay. No, no, no. I, I heard I heard in a book that eight gigs of RAM is two hundred dollars. I heard okay. it in a book. So you like I was reading this book and they were like, oh, by the way, and I was like, oh, I heard that. Yeah. So okay. th- this is where I'm torn is. There used to be more configurations where you you could do things like get 16 gig of RAM and it wasn't the most expensive option, but you could go up to like 512. I forget exactly what the configuration was. I don't know if they still have it. Let me see if they still well, have it. Well, I, I feel like 16 gigs of RAM is, is more, it, it's weird, but I feel like the, the RAM, the amount of RAM to me is more important than the actual storage on the inside. Because you can augment the storage. You can't augment the RAM. Right. But now going to 16 gig of RAM means you're buying... A Surface Laptop Go at nine ninety nine, which makes and no. At that point, you, you may as well tough. just go to. You may, you may I, might as well go even, to the Surface uh, Surface Pro nine. At that oh point. no, I was gonna say if I want a clamshell laptop, I myself personally, rabid hater of Apple though I am, I am now starting to scratch into MacBook territory, and a laptop go is a really really nice student grade laptop it is a oh, phenomenally absolutely. nice student grade laptop a, 
it is a but a, the, the little the little go getter <laughs> of a laptop. Seriously, with the with the amount of things that you get in there, the functionality, the the tech they were able to put in. The Go Two was an absolute be, uh, not going to say beast, but it was it was really fun using it. I took it on a cruise. I, I didn't even bring any other laptops other than that. And that was the experience I wanted to run with. And it was fun. It was nice. It's small. It carries yeah. everywhere. And as long as you're not trying to edit like heavy, heavy duty work on it, like you said, student level, great stuff. I think you should be more than, more than happy with it. And I'm glad that the, the refresh is not breaking the bank, at least on the base model, but it, it is still a conversation. But, but, but that, that becomes a, a that becomes a tougher conversation when it's, I want 16 gigs of RAM, 256 gig of storage is not a lot. Yeah. And the machine is beautifully built, but I'm also having to keep in mind who is it that I would recommend buy a laptop go. And maybe a Kingston external thumb drive slash SSD. Exactly. For 65 bucks. Or, oh, you know, what you do is you buy this for $65 and then you crack it open and then you take out the SSD and you put it in your... Laptop go to anyway, um, yeah. I was trying to see if there I was. I wonder anything if they're going to give us the ability of doing what they what they showed us in the Pro Nine Five G, where you were able to literally like you pin oh, it up, just pop could, pop the thing up. Pop, yeah, I, yeah. I I think it's it's still going to be soldered. a remove the bottom cover. Um, it's not soldered. No, it is oh, user okay. upgradable, but okay, you have good. to take the entire bottom off the uh, the laptop. But yeah, I mean, it's getting a, a new. It's getting its little spec bump up. It's Core i five twelfth uh, gen. So mm-hmm. it's it's not the the bleeding edge of Intel, but it's it's newer than um, what we got last year. It's just kind of interesting to me because like the price at like seven nineteen ninety nine is acceptable, but it does bother me that it's two hundred bucks to get another eight gig of RAM. If it's, if it's self, so I'll say this: if if you're able to access the RAM and you're able to change the RAM, I'd recommend just going with the base model I and upgrading it later. Don't think the RAM is upgradable. So you think, I think the, the RAM, RAM is soldered? Is soldered. So like, and especially like when you look through the spec sheet, you know, like memory options, you can get eight or sixteen gig, but then storage options, a removable solid state drive starting at two fifty six. So, so there is, I yeah. I think the RAM might be like baked in which really that's very frustrating to me that on the student grade machine that it i I feel like there's potential like you would want to keep that machine running a little longer maybe you're going to try and keep your student going through high school but just some performance concerns come up or you want to just nudge up what Mm -hmm. the machine is capable of and then you can't um moving on we also have let me get that back there there we go we also have the surface laptop studio 2 Mm mm-hmm and uh, so this is their laptop that has that that interesting hinge in the kind of middle of the screen, so you can kind of prop it straight out, so the screen can line up with the trackpad, or it can look like a more traditional laptop. And again, it's mostly just the tech specs inside getting those bumps up. Again, uh, 13th gen uh, Intel CPUs. Um, NVIDIA RTX uh, up to a 4060, or you, there, is, there also is an option for an RTX 2000 if you want a more workstation, workstation yeah, style yeah. Uh, graphics card. And then, so uh, but the rest of it looks really similar. Um, the little stylus caddy under the keyboard so that you can charge a pen. It folds almost completely flat because of the way that hinge kind of slides under the screen. It, it's a uh, 
it's interesting. I, I still miss the Surface Book mm-hmm. where the screen detached from the frame and it was its own tablet. But this, is, uh, this has been an interesting um, sort of rethink on the compromises of a traditional laptop that turns into something tablety without just copying Lenovo's yoga design. Um, so Studio has, has gotten its own little sort of a niche it's I remember you and I went to the uh, Microsoft event last year, not that long. Yeah. No, no, a couple of years ago we went for the for the for the Surface Go uh, laptop because they don't refresh mm-hmm. them every year. Uh, last year, I think where we went is we saw the Pro Nine series. That's what we got a chance to see. The 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 new Surface Pro, which they do separate technically because because this actually yeah. is a tablet that you get a case, for, well, a keyboard accessory for it, and the pricing on this one, wow, okay. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 Surface Laptop Studio tubes does start getting a little pricey. So the base model, Core i7, 16 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of storage, but only integrated graphics. So Intel Iris. Do you say mm-hmm. XE or do you see say like Z? I say Z? XE. Iris XE. XE. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. Um, Seventeen ninety nine on sale. MSRP two thousand dollars to start. For the Surface Studio laptop too, and it's um, a big one. Uh, the the first model you can grab, yeah, I think I'm looking at this right. The first model you can grab with an RTX 4060 mm-hmm. is a Core i7, 64 gigs of RAM. Yeah, that's pretty good. A terabyte of of storage. That 4060, that's gonna it's on sale for twenty nine sixty nine. Full MSRP thirty three hundred dollars. Wow, and then uh, well, the uh, the top of the line, like the 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 big, well, it's pretty close. Color? So yeah. if you go with the uh, the RTX 2000 workstation graphics card, mm-hmm. that's going to be MSRP thirty six hundred dollars, and then the RTX forty sixty with two terabytes of storage is thirty seven hundred dollars. So again, sticking with this, this is what's. I, I don't get some of this. Same core uh, Intel Core i7. I'm just, yeah, it same like a, a, 64 I7's... gigabytes of RAM. Mm-hmm. Same RTX 4060, and going from one terabyte of storage space to two terabytes of storage space is four hundred dollar difference in the MSRP. Did they did they mention what 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 type of SSDs that they're using? I mean, what, is it like a? There is no two terabyte SSD for four hundred dollars. No, those things are like one hundred and twenty five, maybe two hundred and fifty. If it's the worst case, like if you really want to go performance performance, is maybe two twenty, but like yeah. four hundred dollars for an extra terabyte. I I uh... I don't get it. I really don't. I don't and yeah. and the thing that bothers me about the Surface website. Mm-hmm. Is that I can't easily compare all of the configurations. Like I can't just line them up and see. Like, is there another difference? Like, is there a when Core i seven difference? Most sites never include the exact same data, or they'll include some but not all others. It's it just it's always frustrating. It's almost like you have to open it up in multiple tabs and line them up. Like but you have to kind of yeah, play that game. that's that's a big jump. That is an expensive four hundred dollar difference. For a terabyte, you know, I, if you just need an extra terabyte of storage space, you can pick up a little Kingston drive. No, like at that point, bucks. I would probably say, yeah, get an external like get get an external like four terabyte drive connected to an external case, and put that sucker on the desk next to the and laptop, then, and then run your stuff off of it. 
Yeah. And then the ports. Take, an, take the $200 that you saved. <laughs> exactly. You're not even at the 400 and buy yourself. Yeah, you definitely have not spent four hundred dollars on your on no, your I mean, drive. So it's it's exciting to see some of the some of the some of the the benchmarks that they were trying to tout. Then they were talking about again. The studio is the one that they were benchmarking against the M2 Pro. Yeah. Um, look, the, the the reality is, these are workstations. These are professional grade pieces of hardware. These mm-hmm. this is not your average. I just step into a, and, a, and a, not, a, not just workstations. Like I think there is a concerted focus on creative endeavor. Very the much style of support. Def- the way exactly. that the screen is is uh, sort of pivots to the uh, front. Exactly. Yeah. The, the whole hands on display type of an experience. Absolutely. No, I don't, I'm not disagreeing. I think that's that's going to be one of those things we have to kind of see, and it's also the user base is going to be very small. Yeah, There's a reason I, I can't. Why so so much... if you go th- if you go through their specs, I can't see anything different. Like if you told me that the base model had a different Core i7 than the top of the line model, mm-hmm. I could see where a four hundred dollar price difference could be factored into the cost of that. Or like say you went with an RTX forty sixty with eight gig of RAM for one model and then there was like a 4060 with 12 or 16 gig of ram and you're like oh yeah more graphics ram that that would contribute to a 400 oh price. No, yeah, yeah no yeah. they're all exactly the same listed on the site we'll have to see I, and, and and i'll, I'll I, one of the i forgot the name of the other person but there was one of the comments saying that don't that doesn't doesn't this happen with many companies? No, no, absolutely. There is a price upward. It's not a question of, you know, sure. should it be more money going from 8 to 16 or from 256 to 512? And we're just saying that we know jump... we're paying a surface tax. Absolutely. So we're, we're already accounting for Microsoft it, does not build bottom of they're, the they're, price comparison exactly. machines. We, they're the not Pro competing 9, 5G on price. is a perfect example of, of where you were yeah. and where... Um, but it, it, what we're trying to at least just build the logic you know, as the multiplying effect. The multiplier is the the concern that I think I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, you're, if you're going to go for it anyways, might as well just go. Uh, I'm not going to say balls to the wall, but I just said it actually, didn't I? Okay, great. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Don't go, go with the 64 gig of RAM, mm-hmm. one and, terabyte, and, and 4060. And external storage, yep. And that the, the SSD is upgradable. Yep. And I promise you... It, it, like if, if we need to do it live here, I will go to thenewegg.com, my former employer, and we will go to. They have massive um, markdowns, markdowns, markdowns. Especially because SSDs are like at their cratered lowest prices right now. SSDs are going to get more expensive at the end of the year because all of the SSD manufacturers are colluding to raise mm-hmm. prices. Um, so let's see, like SSD, come on, SSDs. Uh, internal SSDs, and what do we want? We want four terabytes. Sure, let's do four terabytes. So we'll do two terabytes and up, and then I'm gonna go most expensive, highest price. So no, I don't want SATA. I know it's uh, so like the most expensive, like actual thing. Oh wait, you know what I should do is say in stock. <laughs> new and sold by Newegg, so it's not their garbage um, marketplace. Yeah, space. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want all that mess. So right there, so, so nine eighty nine is right there, nine sixty nine. So eight terabytes. Oh, those are eight. Eight sorry. terabytes for a thousand. Eight terabytes for eight hundred. So once we start getting into like the Fire Cuda 
Well, those are the higher the higher PCI speeds. Gen 4 X4 yeah. NVMe drives were at like 600. So yeah, that makes sense. But then Oh yeah, even like Fire Cuda's at 424. I guarantee you you are mm-hmm. not working with a a high spec Seagate Fire Cuda in your service studio laptop. And that's that's a $400 drive. All right, um, we're now getting into sort of a PNYs and Corsairs. Mm-hmm. Four terabytes, PCIe Gen 4 by 4 NVMe 1.4, $300. So whatever Microsoft is putting in there for their two terabyte drive has got to be kind of magic. It's got to have like a lot of magic applesauce on it. You can get the Vision Tech two terabyte solid state drive. It's an M.2 to 2230. So the smaller size mm-hmm. is the size that you would get to like put in our Surface. The MSI or put is in... one, uh, 179 for the four terabyte to, to the right. Well, that's, well, but that, that's, that's what I'm saying is if you go to the 2230, that's the half sized SSD oh, that oh, you that's put right. in, yeah, in like a Steam true. Deck. And I'm assuming that might be the drive that they're putting, the size drive that they're putting into the Surface yeah, yeah. is $180. It is less than half the price of Dude, that, what that Microsoft a, will charge you for that. If that thing would terabyte. work on our, on our Steam Deck, that would be a nice upgrade. Actually, I think, it, we'll have to ask, I, I don't know if Andrew did it. He was saying like he wanted to pull the trigger, but there was a two terabyte drive that someone said was Steam Deck compatible and he wanted to jump on it. Senior Fat Produce? I'll hit him up tomorrow and I'll see if he did it or not. Oh, dude, yeah, for sure. That would be so nice to be able to load up because I was trying to, I was thinking about getting Mortal Kombat One on pre-order. Oh, it might have been this team group. Hold on, I, this might be it. Uh, team group two terabyte. Yep, they oh, say right there, it, it's Deck, built right there. built for Steam Deck. Yeah. And and this one is hundred and seventy dollars, <laughs> so it's even less less than half the price. But yeah, nice. so that's that's the Steam Deck compatible. What is this? Yeah, PCI uh, PCIe four by four NVMe, mm-hmm. uh, solid state drive, two terabytes. That would be a nice. This could, this could definitely be a nice. Uh, not going to say Christmas. It's too early there. Uh, probably like a Black Friday or something like that. Try to pick it up for the Steam Deck and upgrade right. it for the holiday. It's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea, man. I'm good with this. So I so again, I, I I have a problem. I, I'm always glad to see Surface refreshes because I think they make beautiful machines. Yeah, I'm a little concerned that this year we're getting some price hikes, which in lieu of rampant inflation and terrible economic factors, I, we, we should expect that. But it bothers me when so much of a premium is placed on 8 gigabytes of RAM and so much of a premium is placed on a terabyte of storage because... I can't find anything in here that reflects those kinds of prices, even assuming mm-hmm. there's going to be a retail markup from Microsoft on these on these components. Especially on the Surface. Just, I think, it, yeah, you're right. That's, that's just above and word, beyond. When you said Surface tax, absolutely. It is absolutely yeah, yeah. a Surface tax. That we but see. even this doesn't feel like it's just normal Surface tax. This feels like... like Surface Tax Pro, <laughs> you know, like the upgrade Surface Tax, the upgraded so. tax, where where you not only go but you go beyond Pro. But no, I'm with you. Um, I do know that you you had one more subject, the one more thing that we had on our yeah, uh, I can, our I, can thing, I, I, I let, magic. Let, let's not spend a whole bunch of time on this because I just got it in and I've just started doing my testing on it. So this was yeah, just yeah. going to be the tease. 
But uh, this is the Ace Magic AD15. Uh, it's a little mini uh, PC from Ah, Ace that's Magic. what it was. Okay. Good, and good. Uh, I, I know we've been playing with some some Intel 12th gen, and there are even a few boxes that are now starting to come out. 13th gen, the mm-hmm. Nook division at Intel is now, I think, properly owned by Asus, but B-Link and a number and Geekom have been doing a whole bunch of other machines. I like my Geekom. Yeah, yeah. No, around. So this is this is one of Ace Magic's sort of uh, higher end. Uh, desktop mini PCs. This is uh, an 11th gen Core i5 mm-hmm. with 16 gigs of RAM and 512 gigs of storage. I had to look that back up. And all of your favorite, like, you know, PC uh, and USB and IO and multiple ports on the back. It can support like up to four 4K monitors. It's got a 2.5 gig NIC for the, oh, nice. for the Ethernet. And uh, I'm going to be breaking, uh, breaking into this thing, putting it through its paces doing some performance testing. Uh, pricing on it is very competitive, so mm-hmm. uh, there will be a little bit more information coming out on this. I think we're in kind of a golden age of mini PCs right now. So I, we have so many older components and older laptop components that are kind of out on the market right now. It's really easy for these companies to put all the pieces into a little box and, uh, and kind of sell that at very aggressive prices. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's going to be one of the exciting ones. I, I love uh, when I was doing the review for um, the Uperfect displays, the dual display option that they have now with the dual 15s. Yeah. Um, I connected it to the, to the Geekum and a USB, mm-hmm. you know, and a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse. And that was such an amazing because it runs it so well. And, it, and the, the PC fits literally in the back. You don't even have to show it. And it just looks like two displays standing up in front of you with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Like, this is cool. Like, so yeah, no, absolutely. Mini PCs for the win. And I think Geekum has been one of the better ones as well. I'd like to see, you know, how uh, the uh, the cyber, sorry, the Ace Magic is. I, I was going to say cyber. Yeah. The Ace Magic will definitely do it. And uh, it's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see how that comes out. Um, whereas uh, the other thing I was going to say, since we're kind of running close to the our, our time, which is what we sure. typically do. Um, are you, is there any other videos that are coming out from you? Are you going to drop any other Probably videos? Probably not. Or, Okay. Uh, I I am performance testing some things on my desk that I cannot show people, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm I'm working on putting together a video on those uh, TCLs, the Rainio Nextware S. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm still trying to wrap up my thoughts on Pixel Fold, and I don't think it's going to be a video. I think I'm just going to write kind of an article about what it was like to use it throughout the summer and into the beginning of the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of really mixed feelings on foldables in general, but the Pixel Fold kind of helps highlight some of the internal conflict I have over this emerging uh, market. Um, and then it's just testing for things that I can't show you yet. So <laughs> I, I'm running benchmarks on products. I'm, I'm doing testing on the Ace Magic, and hopefully I'll get some some stuff out soon but i'm also yeah. trying to wrap up the find x6 pro i borrowed that from our good buddy barry hey. and uh, i'm eventually gonna have to give him his really nice phone back ah. i'm sure he probably wants it back i'm like i'm almost done with it i just need a few more like night test shots Barry's getting on a flight then, right now <laughs> he's like he's gonna show what? up on my doorstep in the morning and just You're be like, like yo uh, can i just get what's back up now? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, seriously, dude, just a couple more weeks. No, I know. I'm worried. Uh, we always love Barry, and uh, it, it's, it's really nice that you got a chance to play with. I Seriously, one of my favorite devices to date it's has really been nice. the Find X6 Pro, uh, that and, and the Xiaomi 13 Ultra, and I'm, I it, really it, want to see. It, it's the four. It, it's the Xiaomi 
Vivo, Oppo, and Sony are pushing the it. camera conversations for me this year. And they yep. have these delightful flavors yep. of what each one does well and the other ones. I like Every time I pick up one of them, I kind of wish, oh, I wish I had this feature from one of the other phones. And then I pick up one of the other phones like, oh... I kind of wish it had the feature of the phone I was just holding. And so get it's like, I just got to get, get it, get us the baby that we wanted. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's I, like, I, I've I just got to walk around with like, what would that be? Almost $6,000 worth of phone. <laughs> if I want all the features that I really like. like that's really fan, bad. Fan, 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 fan. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, what I call it. my don't mug me uh, cargo shorts. Yes, so absolutely. <laughs> please don't and, mug and, me. Always looking over your shoulders. Um, for me, I think um, I was hoping to put out a video on a really good, I'm not going to say Xiaomi scooter for a, uh, Ultra knockoff. It, it's a different scooter, but it's very similar to that, uh, that is available for us to be able to buy in the US. So that video, was, I was hoping to put it out this week, uh, but there are some stock issues and whatever. They wanted me to hold the video one more week because so they wanted people to have one, the video shows goes out, goes live for people to be able to pick it up if they wanted to. So that video is going to yeah. be pushed the next week. And I'm going to try to push a video out this weekend because I need to find, finish my, my reviews of the tablet and the watch I got from AT&T to, together. Yeah. Um, although I have my own watch, I just, since I got the watch from them, I need to put the package back and, and ship it back. So I, I, that's basically what I'm shooting for, for this week. Um, to kind of close the week out for me will be basically the watch six classics uh, the the smart watch sorry the galaxy watch six classic review uh for the the samsung watch um and for next week i'm kind of in the same somewhat about i'm not going to say the same boat but similarly reviewing some mm -hmm. stuff that i can't talk about till next week and, and then we'll have to basically stay tuned I think next week when we talk, we'll have a lot more cool stuff for us to be able to chit chat about. Yeah. And, uh, and who knows, who knows where we'll be. Maybe you know, one, one of, of the things that I can't tell you about, I'll be able to tell you about next week. <laughs> what a tease. Who what knows? A tease. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Um, but truly, honestly, first I'll say thank you very much, obviously for, for being with us here, hanging out with us on this beautiful Thursday night. I hope you're doing well. I hope you guys are, are are enjoying your tech. You're doing more and doing better things with your tech to augment and improve your life. Um, make sure to catch Juan on his show on Monday. He goes uh, every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time with the SGGQA. It's his soapbox that he goes on and he enjoys sharing his thoughts on the latest news and information coming up um, all around the webs. Um, and of course, we'll be back with you guys hopefully next week for the you know the same time for the best of our week podcast. Uh, you know, we're just two old nerds to chat and talk mm -hmm. nerdy stuff and uh remember you know and then obviously covers other things hopefully in personal experiences yeah. and tech so and just yelling at kids to get off our lawn <laughs> that's next week's episode title man don't give it away don't give it away <laughs> you young kids but uh be safe everybody we'll see you guys next week take care <laughs>